Welcome to the Elephant in the Pew radio show and podcast, streaming live on Spreaker.com. From the Elephant Portable Studio, here are your hosts, Stephen Wooden and Ryan Ramsey. Welcome to the Elephant in the Pew radio show and podcast, brought to you by, well, Audible.com. That's right, Audible.com, your one-stop shop for all Audible books to listen to. That's right, you enjoy uh, reading? Well, you'll probably enjoy listening even better. So go to audible.com and pick yourself up a book to listen to. We'll be more about that later. Also, if you are looking for uh, any kind of sponsorship or commercials, please feel free to hook, hook hit us up at marketing at elephantpew.com or give us a call at 317-953-EITP or um, that's also known as 317-953-3487. My name's Stephen Witten. I'm sitting across from Ryan Ramsey. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Stephen. Thanks for asking. Here on late night. Late night. Late night. That's <laughs> right. Sorry, we had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties. We're normally going to be on at 8.30, run for about 45 minutes. Um, but we had a little computer crash right before we got started. So uh, all's fair in love and war, I guess. And so is yeah. technical glitches. So we're here at 9 o'clock, here to have this great conversation with y'all and we are excited. Our first official episode here uh, of Elephant in the the Pew. In the Pew. That's right. And let's see. Uh, oh, there he is. There yep. is that elephant. He is in the Pew. All okay, right. Uh, so tonight we're going to be talking about money. We've money. been uh, um, talking about – I've been doing a little bit of research um, for my blog. I write daily blog. I do a daily blog, and I've been um, – Doing research, trying to, you know, keep the topics fresh, not wanting to do um, the same thing over and over again because that's just boring. What is your blog? Just so uh, they know, it's rockswillcry.wordpress.com. It's also found on elephantpew.com under Stephen's blog. Ryan has one as well. It's under Ryan's blog. It's pretty pretty self-explanatory there. You got to keep it simple for us. You know, we might get lost in our own uh, web page. I get lost in our own web page, um, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One of the articles that I was reading um, earlier, this was actually um, at the end of last week. Um, it was about money, and it, it posed the question. It was from Relevant Magazine, actually, and it said that um, it was asking the question: Is ambition um, bad? You know, is is money a bad thing? Hmm. And um, I thought to myself, you know, this would be something that. I'd want to talk about mm-hmm. um, on Elephant in the Pew. So I thought, hey, let's just bring it up. I texted it to Ryan, and Ryan liked the idea. So we said, let's go for it. So, um, Ryan, let's let's go ahead and um, – you look like you have your Bible out right I have my Bible you, open and ready to you, preach. You, you know The choir is warmed up. You know you're a pastor if you bring your Bible everywhere. You might be a pastor if you open your Bible instead of listening to what somebody else is saying so you can give them your rebuttal. Oh, burn. Okay. Well, the question posed to me was, is making money a bad thing initially? So uh, is going after money a bad thing? Well, my first uh, initial thought on this, Stephen, is that, you know, I look at what Jesus did. I look at the Bible. And we don't necessarily know that Jesus made money, but we do know that he was a carpenter, right? And we right. assume that he got paid for his work. We would assume. He wasn't a volunteer carpenter. and he Livelihood be- and all. Yeah, he became uh, – he went into his full-time ministry when he was 32, 
Is that right? Um, he was in his 30s. He was in his 30s. There so there was 30 years there that he lived and he wasn't doing full-time ministry. Right. So he had to have somehow put bread on the table. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who lived at home with his mom until he was 30. Okay? Probably not. So Jesus made money. We'll make that assumption. And he probably built stuff. That's We won't make any more jump to any more conclusions. Also, we have proof of Paul making money. Correct? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. He was known as the um, tent maker. The tent maker. Right. So, Jesus made money. Paul made money. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it is not bad to make money. What do you think? I would agree with that statement. I think that it um, – um, and actually, I've been, I started on my blog post about this topic. I decided to wait until after our discussion to see if my mind would change mm. on my opinion. Um, You're waiting for me to change your mind? <laughs> yes, Ryan. I'm, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> Um, actually, so what I came up with is this like ambition or making money is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the um, what is what's the goal? What's the end goal? What's the purpose of making money? Right, right. That's and and I think I kind of rabbit trailed on like uh, if money becomes your god or not, your idol. Mm-hmm. Like so, um, I. I usually, I actually referenced um, the passage in Matthew, Matthew nineteen, on the rich young ruler. Okay, and so that's where I, I based most of my um, opinion on was right. that that passage where I don't think Jesus was saying that every Christian has to sell everything that he owns right. and follow Jesus. I was thinking, I think Jesus was speaking specifically to the young ruler at the time saying right you're following all of this but you're one thing and if you notice in that passage the jesus never mentions the first two commandments he says all of the you know do not steal uh do not commit adultery do not murder but he never once states love the lord your god right and love your neighbor and just in case people out there don't know what we're talking about uh we're gonna assume that everybody knows the rich ruler i'm just gonna read you it's from mark or sorry, Matthew uh, nineteen sixteen through 22, okay? So it says this. Uh, Just then someone came up and asked him, Teacher, what good must I do to have eternal life? Jesus says, Why do you ask me about what is good? He said to them, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He asked him. Jesus answered, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. He says, I have kept all these, the young man told him. What do I still lack? Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, go sell your belongings and give to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard that command, he went away grieving because he had many possessions that's the rich young ruler so um you know when jesus talks he he speaks on uh different levels you know there's always like Mm -hmm. the the obvious one and then there's the kind of sub levels it's like when people say you know the the word of god is living and active it's because it it kind of not that the word changes but you begin to kind of absorb different layers of what's being said so i'm gonna i'm gonna say um, the point of the story is not about money. You are right. It's about choosing your God. 
Yes, that's that's a, that was my point in my or that is my point. I haven't posted it yet. That's my point in my blog post is that it is it has nothing to do with the actual possessions, the money itself. Right. Yes, the money. I mean, it, you know, you've heard the phrase "money is the root of all evil." Yes, I have heard it, and uh, so um, uh, that's where I was going with it was. Uh, the fact that we are um i'm sorry i lost my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> that happens sometimes i was distracting you with hand signals yes, wasn't i he was like he was like guiding in a 747 um, no the the idea there it's not about possessions it's uh it's the fact that you choose what you choose to do with those like do you choose that your items your stuff mm-hmm. are those more important than right. god and his plan and his goal for you right it's like i was thinking about today i was working around some stuff and uh i was thinking money is so neutral you know what i mean it's just i mean literally in our culture it's just a piece of paper in their culture it was uh you know coin or whatever money is so neutral it's a neutral thing so i was thinking like what what else is this comparable to you know it's like it's like alcohol you know it's one of those deals where alcohol is neutral all right, that's that's what I believe. Alcohol is neutral. Now, if you abuse alcohol, then it's not neutral anymore. It's become a negative thing. Absolutely. If you don't, it's neutral. Um, money is neutral. Uh, food is neutral. Okay, but if you eat way too much food all the time and you're becoming a glutton and you get fat and out of shape, then you know it's it's not neutral anymore. It's become a negative thing. And you can go down the list and talk about all these different things that. You know, money is not uh, the issue. The issue is the heart. Yeah, uh, I think that's. I think that's like the. If you're boiling it down, that's that really where it, that's where it comes from, or where where it's heading to, is the fact that what your your heart is telling you. What what are your motives? Oh, that's the good word that I wanted to use. Was what are your motives for it? You know, yeah. um, how you get to making that money like how do you make that money do you do it in a in a greedy sense like it doesn't matter what i'm doing i don't care what who i hurt what i'm doing as long as i get as long as i get the green right or are you using it for your you know sustenance your livelihood right and for your ultimately your ministry right i mean if we're all using if our life is to mimic christ I bet you anything that any money that Christ made went into his real job, which was the ministry. Right. And and it's almost like are you making money? You know, and I'm kind of torn on this because uh, if you make – if you live your whole life to make money and then you die the day you had money, you know, what, what what's the point? Um, it's almost like – Money just needs to kind of be a side effect of what you do. Yeah. You know? Like I do what I love and I get paid so uh, – and I make it work. You know what I mean? You don't choose – I guess you shouldn't choose a uh, level of lifestyle as far as financially and then find a job to match it. You should right. find the job that you love and then pick the the lifestyle to match your income. And I think that that – kind of goes back to that first question is money a bad thing and 
it's it's a neutral thing, you know. Well, I mean, exactly. I mean, what I was I had a thought and then you said neutral thing and it threw me off. Sorry. <laughs> I was I'm not blaming you. I'm just blaming my That's my, twice you've blamed me tonight, Steven. Well, Ryan, if you didn't know, it's all your fault. Mhm. I do know. You tell me regularly, so it's all right. I forgive you. Next week's topic is on forgiveness. I'm just kidding. It's not really on forgiveness. Well, it could be, but um, so um, while we have this little uh, break here, I want to talk to you a little bit more about uh, something I'm really excited about. Audible.com. If you aren't familiar with Audible.com, it's basically the audiobook version of Amazon.com. Stephen, do you use Amazon a lot? Um, I buy pretty much everything. Um, all the equipment that we're using tonight is off of Amazon. It's from Amazon.com. Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. Well, you know what? Amazon sell sold started out selling books mostly. They sold a lot of books. That's how they initially got really popular, selling books. So it's only natural that audiobooks came along. And now that nobody uses discs or tapes or whatever, because I, I remember going to the library with my parents when I was a kid, and we'd always get those little like tapes of books and so anyways, it's all digital now on audible.com. It's pretty incredible. And so uh, you can actually try it out for free. And this is a really cool program uh, that, that we've just discovered and we're wanting you guys to experience it too. If you go to audible, uh, I think audibletrial.com slash elephant pew uh, and you'll get a 30-day free trial. We've worked out a deal with them to get you guys a 30-day free trial. And they'll even get this. They'll give you a book, Stephen. Really? They will give you an audiobook. I will so be signing up. You don't have to buy anything. Tonight. All you have to do is sign up for 30 days, and you can cancel it before 30 days, and you won't have to be charged anything. And they'll still give you an audiobook to download and try. And so, um, and it's interesting because you just download the app to your phone, and it'll automatically sync it up, and you'll have your book on your phone. So I, I have recently listened to a couple books. Um, uh, 1776. Uh, is that the year? I think so. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Was this the book? Was that the year that the book was written? It was the Revolutionary War. So I, oh, I listened okay. to all that. Um, great book uh, about that, and it's really interesting to hear about uh, God's uh, kind of how God worked. Kind of some of the things and these battles almost made it seem like uh, you know the reason why we won was very uh, ordained. Um, but right now I'm listening to a book called by Eugene Peterson called Pastor. So it's um, it's a really great book. So for all of you out there, the stuff we talk about uh, are some deep stuff. And you know how you stay more closely tied into what's going on uh, in your mind and in your heart is by reading not only the Word of God, but also other books around it. So audiobooks are great, especially if you're driving back and forth somewhere or you're doing yeah. work around the house. When you are when you finish listening to our podcast you know, that you download, you can go to Audible and listen to your book. So that's audibletrial.com. Uh, slash what? Elephant Pew. So okay. audibletrial.com slash Elephant Pew, and you can try out that free 30-day trial there. All right. And then also, I also wanted to bring up, um, if you have any wants or uh, dreams or of creating commercials um, for radio or TV, or, of course, this show, Elephant in the Pew, um, hit us up. We're at uh, marketing at elephantpew.com. We love to... Um, help you out and try to figure out the best commercial for you for this show and possibly um, use the audio file to go out to the radio stations 
and everything nearby. So, again, that's marketingandelephantpew.com, or you can give us a call at 317-953-EITP. That's 317-953-3487. All right. So moving on with our discussion about money, Stephen, uh, the next thing I want to talk about is if money isn't bad, then why is money considered to be the root of all evil? Right. Um, and again, I think I mean, we we hit on this uh, a little bit before. You know, it happens to be you know the motives of the heart. Um, but I think I think when you boil it down, or when you uh, get to the root, so to speak. Ah, and, I like what you did there. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it it comes to like the pattern that each and every one of us has seen over time. It. You hear this whole like stereotypes. Why are there stereotypes? Because we've seen it over and over and over again, right. and it's been reinforced over you know centuries. You know, everybody knows like people that are um, greedy. They they don't care what they're doing or what they're going to do as long as they get the money. The money. They're looking out for number one. Dollar bills, y'all. Dollar dollar bills. Yeah, and they're they're wanting to get them. The most money, and they don't care who they hurt. And I think that's why, that's one of the reasons why money has been been considered the root of all evil. I right. don't. That's just my opinion. I have. I don't have any evidence to sub. Well, I did. I did a little that. research in the Bible, so uh, whoa, it's a good place to start. That's what I start at the very beginning. Um, and First Timothy six ten talks about and quote. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evils, is the actual quote from the Bible. So you can see why people would say, oh, well, money is the root of all evil. No, yes, but no. Okay? It says the love of money. Right. The love of money is a, not the, is a root of all kinds of evils. That's a little bit different than... Money is the root of all evil. That's right. Because if if it's the love of money, that's completely different than money in general, right? Absolutely. I mean, again, going back to what you said earlier was money is neutral. Money has no – it has no plan. It has no agenda? No, no. It's it's just there. It's a, it's a source of commodity. Mm-hmm. It's, you know – there are a pair of pants that I need, mm-hmm. so I will give you this piece of paper that I earn for my work. Mm-hmm. You know, give it to the cashier that you blah, can blah. take to a bank and get credited so many exactly. deals. You know, now they've taken away paper and then given you plastic. It's still right. same thing. So I mean, money is neutral. So, but the love of money is it's that change. It's again, it's a it's a motive of the heart. So. I uh, was researching this today, and this is actually the the question of our kind of four-question layout we had today. Uh, this was the one I spent a lot of time on and got really kind of dove in because I started really thinking about it. And I was like, so you're right. Money becomes like this hot or cold issue, uh, especially in the church, right? And so I'm digging around and stuff, and I'm actually listening to a, another podcast, and uh, – Somebody brings up uh, John Oliver off HBO, and uh, I 
I don't really have HBO, first of all, and I didn't know who John Oliver is. And he's not somebody I would suggest you going out and watching because he's got a potty mouth and they have to edit out a lot of his stuff he says. But he brought up a good question because he was talking about the prosperity gospel and televangelists. Okay? So um, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, this makes sense in light of what we're talking about, about money. Well, money in church, church money, if that's where, you know, for the elephant in the pew, and that's what we're talking home in new york but he his church is in florida or something vice versa yeah, yeah i read so I read about that and the association so uh this john oliver actually applied for a uh not-for-profit status uh 501c3 in texas was approved and he lives in new york oh, and so they did this legally with a lawyer to just to prove how um how silly it is how easy it is to get to get that stuff. So anyways, um, it was an interesting, uh, interesting perspective on how they're seeing, um, 
how they're seeing the church, you know, and, and how outsiders are seeing the church and, and this whole talk of money, how it becomes um, this very hot or cold thing. People either don't want to talk about it at all, and so nobody ever preaches on it, or it becomes this prosperity gospel thing. There's no healthy balance. Um, so I I just think um, – I actually have some experience with this. Like I was at work um, at what I do, you know, my day job, what I – have to do to do this job um but one of the uh experiences that i um witnessed was one of my coworkers straight up told me and that what spawned the whole idea of um the poll that i put out on facebook was you know he told me that the whole reason for church was money and then he and i was like and i gave him the quizzical look like no that you got it wrong and he goes well what's tithing mean and it's like, well, and I was like, you're you're missing the point on tithing. That's not, it's not the church taking money. Mm-hmm. You know, the prosperity gospel, absolutely. That's a church not asking you to give ten percent of your your money. They're saying, give us fifty dollars. Don't the ch- you'll never hear a legitimate church ask for a specific amount of money. Right. They'll they'll ask for whatever you and your heart tells you to give. Right. Which is interesting because. Uh, Second Corinthians nine seven says each should give what they've decided in their heart, and that you should give uh, non begrudgingly because God doesn't honor the gift, and it comes from the joy of the heart. So um, that's that was kind of interesting. The John Oliver deal, though, I, I want to bring that up. If, if you're an adult and you can handle maybe words that are uh, of adult nature, you should look that up. It's on YouTube, John Oliver, and look up the Prosperity Gospel. It's an interesting kind of um, deal. The other thing, speaking of tithing. Um, I found a, I was reading a relevant magazine article too uh, about money. It might have been the same magazine that you were looking at, but um, it said that Christians. Um, the article is called "What Would Happen If the Church Tithed," and uh, a tithe for people who don't know is uh, considered a ten percent of your income you tithe at the church. Um, but it said Christian giving is two point five percent per capita, two point five percent per capita. So. As opposed to what ten percent is the ideal tithing goal, right? And so, um, and if you do the studies, it said that during the depression, uh, the per capita was three point three percent. So it was more than what it is today. Exactly. So people say, "Well, times are tough." You know, Ryan, lay off. Times are tough. You know, it's it's hard. Two point five percent. Well, during the depression, which things were worse, much worse, much worse than people it is. still were better at giving to church. Three point three percent during the depression, whereas a two point five percent now. So the question is, what if Christians tithe and gave ten percent? It says uh, their research said that there would be six hundred and sixty five billion billion with a B more dollars if we went to ten percent of the church. So. They did this nice little list. Thanks, Relevant, for this. Uh, I'll give you all the credit because you did the research. Um, they With that extra money, this is what they said we could do with it. Okay, All of it. Not options, but with all the money. $25 billion could relieve global hunger, starvation, and deaths from preventable diseases in five years. $12 billion could eliminate illiteracy in five years. $15 billion could solve the world's water and sanitation issues, specifically at places in the world where 1 billion people live on less than $1 per day. $1 billion could fully fund all overseas missions work, and then we'd have 100 to $110 billion would still be left over for additional ministry expansion. Holy cow. Can you believe that? I No, I, I 
I'm I'm actually hearing this for the first time, so I'm like kind of having to process this because I I actually read an article uh, today about um, extreme poverty and how the UN has um, put in um, a goal to end extreme poverty, not poverty, extreme poverty, where you know someone lives on less a dollar a day or whatever, a dollar ninety or something. They just upped it right yeah. to it, so it's a dollar ninety, and I don't even know if it's a day. I think it's less than that, but I mean, like, I think it's like, I think it's like a week or something like. Right. It's crazy, extreme poverty, and if we had one hundred extra, one hundred billion dollars, I mean. I, I am like, we could end, ext- we probably could end poverty. Oh, I mean, like from seeing these numbers, it, it still has a hundred billion left over to use towards other ministry. I, this is blowing me away right now. Like, I can't believe those numbers. Like, I mean, I believe them, but I mean, like, it's just right crazy. Like, because we're, you know, people don't tithe, people don't give at all. I and mean, yet that's the that's, I mean, and then this is me slamming the, my coworker, and I don't mean that by any means. But there are millions of people that think that the only reason the church is around is for tithing. Mm-hmm. I hate to break it to you, people, but two point what was it? Two point two. Two point five. Two point five percent of per capita. Per capita. I mean, and the ten percent. The ten percent was is is an Old Testament number, mm-hmm. but Jesus ratifies that. I mean, right. like, he so. Ten percent, and now I've always been taught, you know, it's not necessarily ten percent of your money. Sometimes it's ten percent of your time too. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a you know a a, a balance there, but still, a hundred and twenty-five billion dollars, <laughs> hundred sixty-five, hundred and sixty-five billion dollars. Okay, Would be. yeah. I mean, holy, oh, holy cow! I, I holy cow. Yeah, holy cow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So um, that was kind of my research about that. So why is money considered the root of all evil in culture? Well, we got some examples that I just laid out in front of you. One, you got televangelists in the name of Jesus going and ripping people's money off. You know, you hear about one of the stories I told today was a lady who was dying of cancer, felt like the treatment wasn't working. And then from the lips of uh, the pastor's wife, I think she said, why you have cancer? Why would you want to put that poison inside of you to to just get sick and die when you could come to church and worship and be healed here? Saying that to people like preaching, like why would you say that? Like if somebody had that belief inside them, they felt like that's the message God was telling them, like believe in me, you know, let's not do this. Okay, that, then that's up to them. But how could somebody else, somebody say that to somebody else? Just believe, you know, give up on your chemo treatment, you know, because that's just poison going in your body. And I'm like, and then you go ask them for money for seed. And so, so you have that example of why, you know, people see the church and, and money and they say, oh, it's all about money. And yeah. And then you see uh, the the good side of it, like the people who don't talk about, you know, what they do, they just give their money honestly to the church and, and they're, they're, they're bringing the church along and trying to fund the church. And, and you realize what the actual percent per capita is and, and what if everybody did give and got their hearts right, what we could do as a church. I mean, it's crazy. It, it is. It's crazy the amount of money that people think the church has. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, because you do have those prosperity gospel churches out there, right. but I can I can guarantee you that they're less than one percent of the real churches. But they own the 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 TV stations. Yes, they do. You're right. They <laughs> they they own the. That's because you keep giving them forty nine dollars when they send you a dollar. That's right. Okay, I'm I'm not I'm not going to doubt any of our listeners' intelligence on this, but use common sense. I mean, there is yeah. a logical explanation on like if it just doesn't feel right don't send 49 dollars. right okay i don't you know like i give i give money to my church i give money to the poor when i'm walking in indianapolis um i i do like i'll i'll throw a couple dollars in there but if they keep asking for more money there is a point where i'm like okay you can you can you know, like you're you're this you're just as much of a human being as I am. I you can help yourself too, right? So, so what about uh, kind of going back to the initial deal in light of what we've heard? Um, it's it's got to be it's got to be a heart issue. I mean, that's that's where I land on this all the time. It's the whole money thing is a barometer of your heart. So if I hear somebody say something like church is just all about money. The first thing I think is somebody once approached them about giving money and they were hard hearted about it. And so they said, Oh, church is just all about money. And they ran away. Yeah. I, that's, that's where I, I, I fall on it. Like I have actually, you know, I've talked to people who, who think that and I'm like, okay, so if you automatically think that the church is all about money, then you need to reevaluate your, your opinion on money. Like if you think if you were so hard hearted and you thought the church is all about money, one either you probably got on that that you went to church on that Sunday where the preacher was obligated the one Sunday a month one or one Sunday. Sunday a year when they have to talk yeah. about money, or you were you are so fo- your focus is so much on money that God was you know probably you know convicting you a little bit about that right and you kind of uh, you've taken it a little too far. With thinking that the church thinks it's all about money, there's an interesting line uh, in a song, a worship song by Keith, Keith and Kristen Getty um, called "Rich Young Ruler." Actually, it's about that that parable. The rich, I guess, it's not a parable. It's the story of the rich young ruler, and um, it says, "It's not what you give, but what you keep that the king is counting." So, and it, it, it's referencing actually the story of the widow's mite. And yeah. how she only gave a up. penny, but that's all she had. That was all she had. So she gave 100% of her income mm-hmm. um, because that's what she felt like she wanted to do. And so I, it's not what you give, but what you keep. I'd be interested. And I might need to do some research on this, but um, I'd be interested to see um, if there are numbers out there of how much the rich give compared to the considerable poor. You, know, you mean like what percentage? Percentage wise, people are giving. Right? No matter because, what they make, their percentage. Right, because I would be, I'd be tempted to say that poor people, and I, I don't want to call poor people, but you know, poorer people give more lower income. than yeah, lower income people give. I'm, I'm a, I'm a lower income. I'm poor. Uh, <laughs> people with lower incomes give more than. Higher income people. I would be interested to see. I mean, I'm. It's probably not everybody. Of course, it's not all, but it's. I bet you anything, it would be a higher percentage of lower people. Like lower anyone, people, lower income. In. Like anyone can even know that Napoleon. Gosh. Oh. Eat your food, Tina. Okay. <laughs> 
So I, I want to re- I want to get to our last question before our time um, get runs out here. Okay. So uh, the final question that I sent you, um, mm-hmm. I think it was last week. I can't remember. It was a Thursday or Friday, but um, are are our hopes and dreams too closely tied to money? I think we we kind of we we hit it a little bit earlier in the the episode, but I think is it is our hopes and dreams so closely tied to making that dollar sign? I think uh, when you look at teenagers, I, I was talking to my youth about this the other night. Um, how many kids, teenagers, did you know, in high school or senior year, when they're talking about you know when they're going to be like. They were all going to be millionaires by the time they were like 25. Remember that? Like, yeah. I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 25. It's like, how can you all be millionaires by the time you're 25? Most of you could barely get a C in class, which is me. You know what I mean? So right. how am I going to be a millionaire? I'm the same here. <laughs> so I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I still think, had those dreams. I don't know. And it's mostly because I think money we see as the power behind um, accomplishing things. Like you can buy it. But then I think the older that I've gotten, I've realized that money kind of holds a lot of people back Mm -hmm. Um, well because when you get a little money you want a little bit more and then you want a little bit more so then you you waste up all of your time trying to make that more money right and you lose a lot of things yeah or you uh like and i I don't want to ever walk down the road of the prosperity gospel thing but there is if god's called you to do something you got to do it no matter what you don't wait for the perfect job to come around to allow you to do it or whatever. You just do it, and you have yeah. faith that God's – if God has called you – now, that's something you got to work out on your own. Has God really called you to do that? But if God's called you to to go and be a missionary or go and start a business or go and be a teacher or whatever, and you're like, well, how am I going to do this financially? Go do it, you know, and it will work out. So um, – and I think there's a great scripture verse for this. Uh, and it's Matthew six twenty one. It says, "Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." So, where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. So, if our hopes and our dreams are tied to money, as as kind of the the transportation for our dreams or whatever, mm-hmm. how we get there, then we've obviously chosen the money over the dream, you know, right? Because if we truly have passion or a dream or something we feel like we have to do, then you go do it. No holds barred, no matter what anybody thinks or says. And and I'm I'm reminded of Paul in this situation here, where you know, like, um, we we said it earlier, you know, like uh, we kind of jokingly said that, you know, you mean God doesn't want, you, you mean God doesn't care if I'm happy type thing, mm-hmm. um, but it's God. God's never said that He wants us to be happy. Paul said it best. He wants us to be content in all things. In all things. Through Christ, right? So it's I through have had abundance, God. and I've been in want. Yes, it doesn't matter through anything that we are doing and experiencing. We can make it through Christ because we are content in all things, and I that's think right. that's in Philippians. But yeah, um, I think uh, I think we're running out of time here, aren't we? So um, I, I just wanted to say something real quick. Um, we I found an article today. On uh, Facebook, I believe it was all through Upworthy, and um, it it talked about this really cool church. Uh, there's this church in Mexico that um, has been flooded by a dam since like uh, the 1960s, 1966 or something. But it was built in the 1500s by a bunch of monks, and so it's a really cool picture on Facebook. You should check it out. But 
there's been a big drought in Mexico. And so it's the water is sunk like really ridiculously low, but you can actually go walk around inside this abandoned church that's been underwater. Right? That's, that's kind of cool. It is cool. And there's pictures of people going around on it. And, um, I guess, uh, monks lived there and then there was some plague back in the 1773 or something like that. And they, uh, abandoned it cause there was a plague and didn't have it. Anyways. So I just started thinking like, if we don't as a church, like begin to look at things like this, like the things we talk about on the show, money and, and confront them and address them. If we don't change, um, the way we behave, like the televangelists, if we don't step up to them and tell them uh, they need to knock off what they're doing because they're taking advantage of people, they're literally being uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. They're yeah. preying on innocent people. Who they're actually breaking one of the Ten Commandments. You know where where it right. says, um, "Do not." Is it? I don't. I can't remember what the exact wording is. Oh man, <laughs> how is that even possible? Uh, but you know, like do do not use. There it is. Do not use the Lord's name in vain. Where you're actually right. saying something that I I have a hard time believing that when it says do not use the Lord's name, it's it it's not referring to using it as a cuss word, but using it as like God told me to give you. Right. God told me to tell you to give me that forty nine dollars. Right. Right. So I could buy a jet. But anyways, it made me think, you know, if we don't step up and start being the church that Christ called us to be, uh, we are going to see our churches looking like this. You know, the church we have today, Christianity will be gone. It'll be a very small sect of people and culture will have run us off. And and my I will say this, my cynicism. I am very much a, the cynic, but I think that the amount of Christians, and I put that in quote, air quote, that you see on the uh, um, uh, census and everything, is that is an inflated number just because mom and dad were Christians. So, yeah, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, true Christianity is, is, is that small sect that, you know, that we – that you're right. talking about there. Right. So if we don't want our uh, churches just to become monuments of history – uh, we're going to have to step up and start being uh, the people God's called us to be. So that's kind of my my little preaching for the day. Um, that's all we have today on our show. Steven, you got anything else you need to get off your chest? Um, nothing that I need to get off my chest at this moment, but I would like to thank our uh, live listeners who, who are turned into us at Spreaker.com. We're so glad that you were able to join us today here on the Elephant in the Pew radio show and podcast broadcasting live from our elephant portable studio um again do you want to mention uh audible.com yeah audible.com go ahead check that out uh audibletrial.com slash elephant pew again to get that free trial 30 days and your free audiobook to check out and it is fantastic and i did get in the chat before here we got two minutes before we get out of here but um there was somebody that popped in the chat, Dean Ramsey. Um, you can't go to audibletrial.com while listening. So, sorry, it does kick you off of our podcast. So, go to that <laughs> after you listen to our show live. <laughs> go to audibletrial.com slash elephantpew as soon as we get off here in about 45 seconds. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Again, if you have any questions, please email us at ryan at elephantpew.com or um, Stephen at elephantpew.com. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. God bless.